When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're kicking off the Rich Eisen Show. Now, now, now. They are back. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I have to be the first on a plane. I've got to be first. I've got to be the first on a plane. Because you know, the overhead bin, that is, that's a... That's, Premium real that estate. Is, that is exactly right. Earlier on the show, senior columnist for The Athletic, David Aldridge. Still to come, Panthers wide receiver Adam Thielen, plus your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Great chat in hour number one with David Aldridge of The Athletic about the upcoming NBA draft and the intrigue about it surrounding the Bradley Beal trade. Where might Chris Paul wind up? If not in Washington, we all think he's going to somehow find his way out of there either by trade or, well, I mean, I don't think the Wizards are going to drop him uh, and let a team from Los Angeles pick him up. They're going to let the Lakers and, and Clippers play uh, play off one another. Um, the question about Damian Lillard's availability and Zion Williamson's availability, we asked David about that, and it led to a poll question that Chris Brockman posted about 10 minutes ago. So we have first blush results to kick off our number two at Rich Eisen Show. Christopher, you have the floor. Who do you rather your team trade for this week ahead of the NBA draft, Dame Time, or Zion no contest, guys. 79% Dame time. Okay. Because I, I I said hands down uh, Damian Lillard, but I totally would understand why anybody would want to have some extra runway of somebody who's 22 years old. Yeah. In Zion Williamson. Um, our number three, uh, Adam Thielen is going to join us. Now the Carolina Panthers, his Minnesota Vikings have sent Dalvin Cook packing. Can't wait to ask him about that, his new team. Uh, as well in Carolina. He's also going to be playing in the American Century Championship in Tahoe. Oh, oh he's uh, good. A great tournament that's yeah, going good. down uh, once again without me. Um, so that'll be going on in a couple weeks' time. What do we have to do to get that invite? Um, I, I don't, well, well, we'll talk about it uh, in hour number three. Overreaction Tuesday, because I was out of the chair yesterday. Uh, I just arrived back in the country um, after... 10 days in uh, the beautiful land of milk and honey in uh, the country of Israel with uh, the fam. Um, so while I was gone, lots went down. A lot went down. I left the country on June 8th. Here I am oh, back man. on June 20th. So much has happened. So much has happened. To the point where I can't fit it all in into a three-hour show. So I'm just going to jam it into a top five list. <laughs> Do it. Top five wildest stories while I was out of the chair. Here we go. Uh, number five is 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 not the NFL, but just keep the music playing. I don't care. It's all good. <laughs> oh, look at you, Mike. Wow, look Mike, at you. Look at you. While I was away, Mike got better at his job. Unbelievable <laughs> what focus can do. Uh, here we go. Number five on this list. Chris Paul is now a Washington Wizard. He finds out that he's traded from the Suns to the Wizard, uh, to the uh, Washington Wizards through... Through his uh, through his own son, actual S O N, fourteen year old son, wow. he said was texting him, "Dad, you got traded." <laughs> Happy Father's Day to him. 
Um, so uh, he speaks about his trade to the New York Times on Monday. And what a fascinating quote this is. Talking about his trade away from the Suns, saying Matt and Isaiah, I guess, just wanted to go in a different direction. They're like, Isaiah, well, what, what do you mean? Is he, is this, uh, I just came back from Israel. Is this a Bible verse? I don't know. It's happening oh. here. No, no, no. Matt, as in Ishbia, the owner of the Suns, uh, and a uh, uh, board member of Matt Ishbia's United Wholesale Mortgage Company, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas is back, guys. Like Zeke? Zeke's back. Wow. Ishby is a Michigan State walk-on. We all know how Isaiah is a Michigan guy, even though, you know, he's a Michigan State guy. He's from Indiana in terms of college basketball. But he's in the ear of the new owner of the Phoenix Suns. And I will just say this as a New York Knicks fan to Phoenix Suns fans. Have your head in a swivel. (laughs) Zeke is back in the NBA. That's now, unbelievable. Just when you think the NBA will never go crazier, that one is like, oh, we're going to talk about the, the Phoenix Suns going in a different direction because the general managers had something. No, no, no. The Suns, Ishbia, asked a few weeks ago if Isaiah has a role with the team, said no. Chris Paul believes otherwise. <laughs> Jeez. So look out. Zeke's back in the NBA. Okay. That one was snuck in just yeah. under the wire of me landing back in the country of the top five wildest stories while I was out of the chair. Number four. Look, I totally get it. You can switch to the NFL now, Mikey. I can understand when a player is asked about his quarterback that the quarterback is the best in the league. Period. End of story. <laughs> totally get it. When Jamar Chase asked about how he thinks Joe Burrow is the best in the NFL at the quarterback position. I totally get it. Totally understand it. But when Jamar Chase was asked this question, he said it's Joe Burrow. And the follow-up question was, well, Joe Burrow mentioned it's Mahomes. And then Jamar Chase responded with... Pat who? Pat who? Oh, come on. Don't do that. Mahomes (laughs) responds by putting his... New Super Bowl ring on his index finger with his other Super Bowl ring on his pinky finger. And on the night of him getting his, oh, pardon me, his ring finger, uh, on the night of him getting his new Super Bowl ring, tweets out, that's who, with two rings as an emoji on his Twitter. Okay, so thanks for explaining that, because I did not understand the that's who. That's who. I missed the Jamar Chase. He's, re- he's responding wow. to Jamar Chase. Oy, oy, oy. The night he gets his ring with, I, I believe I, 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 I saw this correctly while I was away, one million diamonds on that ring. Correct. <laughs> Correctly. Ac- accurate. Correct. Yes. Accurate. TJ, when are the guys going to stop doing this? Well, in Jamar, I don't know if I want to stand up for him, but the reporter didn't say Mahomes. He came up to him and he goes, Joe said the best player in the NFL was Pat. Oh, well. Okay. And he didn't say Patrick. He didn't say uh, Mahomes. But so, no, no, I, no, 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 no. The question was back. about talking. There's no misconstruing. Come on. He didn't say Patrick, though, no. just for me. He said Pat. We, what is he thinking? Riley? <laughs> I'm, just, like, I'm just saying. Just Pat from SNL, if you want to even go in a different <laughs> generation. It's Get Pat. out of here. It's Pat. Get out of here. Let's just put it out there. Kansas City hosting Cincinnati week 17 of the National Football League. For the one seed. Maybe so. 
Number three, wildest story while I was away. Uh, just I'll just go throw it out there. Number three, Aaron Rodgers sitting in the third row at the Tony Awards. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there, okay. And now, uh, yeah. now the yeah, origin yeah, yeah, yeah. of this, he's sitting next to C.J. Uzama, uh, who is the uh, who is a tight end on the Jets. And also, he is a co-producer of the comedy on Broadway, Ain't No Mo, which was up for Tony Awards. And I love how you laughed, TJ, when I said that. No I understand. No I sound very, very Caucasian when I say no, that. No, I mean, it's just I the name it. of it. All right? funny. It wasn't even how you said it. It was just Ain't No Mo. Like, that's just funny. He's a producer, so he was, you know, and, and Rogers went and saw Wicked recently. It's just that era, and here I was wondering, how's Rogers going to take to New York? He's going. He's going. He went to the Ed Sheeran concert in MetLife after he went to the Taylor Swift concert in MetLife. Mm-hmm. He's got a line for tickets at MetLife, obviously, <laughs> and he's now at the Tony Awards. Great tweet from uh, Rich Eisen's show favorite, Josh Gad, who has been on Broadway. Uh, he wrote, Aaron Rodgers sitting in the third row of the Tony Awards is the equivalent of me sitting in the third row at the ESPYs. <laughs> Josh Gad. Pretty good. That's pretty good. So, wow. <laughs> that's funny. By the way, Josh is a diehard. Josh knows sports. I yeah, mean, yeah, he's yeah, a diehard yeah, Miami yeah, sports yeah. fan. But yeah. I found that one funny. Number two on the list: uh, golf went off the rails while I was gone. Uh-huh. Let's start with uh, Adam Hadwin um, celebrating <laughs> the victory at the Canadian Open of uh, fellow uh, Canadian. Uh, he runs out there with a bottle of champagne and gets absolutely fully formed tackled by security. So Nick Taylor makes like a 700-foot putt to win yes. in a playoff yes. against Tommy Fleetwood. Yes. Everyone is going nuts because it's in Canada. Yes. Hardy, uh, Taylor's a, Can- a Canadian. Yes. Hadwin, champagne, trucked by the security guy. I mean, absolutely. In- insane. Like, yeah, like... Uh, you know, office linebacker. hundred uh, percent. Terry Tate, right? Meanwhile, while Taylor's caddy just kind of goes like, "What is?" Was that? that I mean, the whole thing. Like, I, I saw so many different. I saw angles. so many different <laughs> angles of it, and it was great to see. Yeah. And then I discovered uh, Hadwin's wife on Twitter. Very funny. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, her tweet in response is, "Sorry to leave y'all hanging. Had to get the toddler ready for bed. I'm thrilled to report that." Uh, Adam Hadwin Golf is still among the land of living and in true Canadian form apologized to the security guard for being tackled. That's Laugh funny. out loud funny. funny. Well done, Jessica Hadwin. <laughs> then Jay Monahan uh, steps away as the commissioner of the PGA Tour just on the outset of the U.S. Open, and I hope he is fine. Uh, I hope the man is recovering yeah. well from whatever caused him to step aside for the moment. Yeah, mystery illness. That's uh, and and you know, him. and I I, I I totally know in this world of you know, uh, nature abhors a vacuum. It's just like okay, so we're not talking about the live tour relationship with the PGA Tour at the U.S. Open. We're not going to do that now because Jay Monahan's not here, and and now everyone's when's he coming back? What does this mean for the business relationship? The U.S. Senate, as we all was expecting, they're looking into this thing. This thing is falling apart at the seams, it appears, unless they're completely together because Greg Norman is the guy who's helping it hold together, right? It's so off the radar screen of normal. Yeah. And then the U.S. Open happens here in Los Angeles. Los Angeles Country Club gets totally attacked, first of all, at the pins by Xander Shoffley and Ricky Fowler Jr. with 
two sixty twos in the opening round of the U.S. Open. Lowest U.S. Open rounds ever. And then the course gets attacked verbally by virtually every player. And then the crowd, the gallery, gets attacked by every human being on the planet for being overly corporate, which is the last thing the PGA Tour, which I understand has nothing to do with this is a USGA event, wants to be called corporate because of the business relationship that everybody's hammering them for. And it's just like, can you can you hear a boo or a peep out there? Can can we truck in regular people right there in Beverly Hills? By the way, did you see the the amount of money that if the L.A. Country Club was, ceased was, to was exist worth, and yeah. th- turned into real estate? Yes. Was it six billion dollars? Uh, it's the second largest underdeveloped piece of land in the United States, other than Central Park. And then, of course, the kid who wins it all. Unbelievable story. You, you love this kid, right? Uh, great story. He lost his mom when he was in college. Uh, she had cancer. It went into remission. Then it came back aggressively, and she passed. Uh, she told him to play cocky and play strong and play confident. Those were the, one of the last few things that, that she said to him. He lost his game. He had to hire a, a, a sports psychologist coach that follows him around. He does kind of everything solo, doesn't rely much on his caddy. And he had some of the stonesiest shots of the tournament and And i had to i totally deserves it and i had to see this about wyndham clark the graphic at the bottom of the screen he hit every fairway in every green in the united states open yeah he was unbelievable and you know he barely made it and he wins it yep and that was wild the whole thing it was a great great weekend but the wildest story while i was away number one is with stefan diggs i you know (laughs) we, we had him on the the set of the Super Bowl, and he could not have been more happy, more go lucky, more yeah, that's sucked the way that the season ended, but I'm cool. And then here he is at the mandatory mini camp, and the coach of the team, Sean McDermott, says, "Yeah, I'm very concerned about him not being here." And then you find out actually he was there. <laughs> then he was sent home, or he went home. When nobody knows, he got a new contract last year, and it's not about money. It's about play calling, or it's about his role in the offense, or his ability to have a say in the offense. And everybody from DeAndre Hopkins to anybody who's anybody in the wide receiver position can't wait to play with Josh Allen, who he has personally professed brotherly love for. And he's leaving the facility or sent home from the facility, but then he's back at the facility the next day. And everyone supposedly had a great conversation and everything's cool, except it isn't. Or it is. Unbelievable. Number one wildest story while I was out of the chair. And as I'm back in the chair, we still don't know what we don't know about Stefan Diggs. And is he going to be on the team? I think he absolutely is going to be on this team. Is he going to ball out? I think he will absolutely ball out. What's going to happen if something goes a little sideways in, say, week one, Monday night against Aaron Rodgers and the Jets? Great question. How raw is this situation? Nobody knows. He said that there's a bunch of people lying about it. 
Well, the question is, is it is he calling his coach That's a liar? It. His coach is the only one who spoke. Uh, honestly, <laughs> like, what is up with Stephon Diggs in Buffalo? Because we didn't get a whiff of a scent of an aroma about it when we saw him at the Super Bowl. What the hell going on? That's it. Exactly. <laughs> Stephon Diggs himself giving the headline. And those are the top five you think we wildest. Oh. All right, we'll get one more. Interestingly one more. enough, the guy who just hit the button can answer that question. Because oh. I heard, I can't see it right now because you're wearing a hat. Put it up there. Number one, did you dye your hair? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went back. I went back. The, 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 the no, 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 no. Take, take the hat off. off. Take the hat off. Negative. Let's take see. the hat off. Negative on that big Did hat. MDT go JFM? I, I, ha- I went back. I went back. No, what no, do you mean you went my, back? My girl, I, my girl did it for me, but she oh. did it a little too dark. Yeah, my girl that actually does Can you do me a favor, please? Take the hat off. Take the hat off. Because we're seeing it in your Instagram photos of you driving and smiling. By the way, your teeth look great in these pictures. I paid for them. (laughs) There you are with Terry (laughs) Crews. We didn't know it before I left the chair. I said it before Brian. But I heard, by the way, this made it all the way to the Middle East. Made it all the way to Israel. (laughs) To me. Like, hey, Mike, Mike, I think he dyed his hair. Well, paint job. Yeah, so I mean, so you can that. confirm? You can confirm? I can confirm. Do you like Dion? You're the comeback player yeah, of the year? comeback player. <laughs> you didn't die for like five years. Yeah, I kind of just decided. But your that. lady friend did it? No, 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 no. For no. you? My, My lady does his, his hair. His, his stylist. Oh. His stylist. Oh. Yeah. His colorist. I can't follow. Your colorist? Yes. You have a colorist? <laughs> colorist. Wildest story. <laughs> That's a new number one. The hell going on? You can hit that drop too, Mike. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Top five wildest stories while I was on the show. We can go home now. That's a new great drop from Jokic. Amazing. We can go home now. That was Rich on his last day of vacation. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we can go. I'd like to go home now. (laughs) No, that was me in the five-hour layover in Heathrow. Oh Oh, man, yeah, Heathrow. I got lost. I got lost there one time. Did you really? Oh, I missed a flight. Yeah, it was. I almost got stuck there. Oh my God. Yeah, like up in the air. Like, yeah, except that was on was the that ground. that movie up in no, the air? No, 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 up in the air. Up in the air. Where's the movie? No, no, that's it. Terminal. Tom Hanks. I mixed up my Tom Hanks and Clooney's movies, right? Clooney movies. I got very familiar with underground tunnels at Heathrow. Did you really? Yes. How about that? They call them tubes there, I think. Well, that's the the train, right? I'm talking like I had to walk through an underground tunnel to get back. Jeez. Yeah, it was a mess. That's how do you miss a flight? Textbook. <laughs> they call him Lou's there. Yes. 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 Watch, watch your closet. You saw a lot of this. WC. Yeah, All right. Uh, let's take a break. Albert Breer uh, will be joining us. This Breer. is uh, this is Albert yeah. Breer's tanning season. Oh, it's uh, it's, it's tanning. It's Breer it's, tanning it's season. time. It's. <laughs> I think he will be calling in from that beautiful <laughs> island. Actually, that's next. <laughs> what did happen with Albert Breer's tan and Stefan Diggs? <laughs> What the hell going on? And OTAs. What the hell going on? Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial film debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Streaming right now on Netflix. Um, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Um, you know, uh, while I was in uh, Israel for 10 days, and Chris, you were uh, criticizing me for the number of Instagram posts that I had. Uh, if you noticed, I wore the same hat. I did notice the that. The ricochet? Did you take no, it? No. It's a no. Michigan hat. The number of times... I had people stop me. Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, just walking by me saying, go blue, lost track. Oh, I thought, what, what does the M mean? Lost track. Oh. Everyone knows. No one thought it meant Meshuggah? No. Oh. <laughs> Good Look job, at you. <laughs> That's the way I bring in my friend from Sports <laughs> Illustrated, <laughs> Albert Breer. How you doing, Albert? It's just a coincidence. That's the way you bring me in, too, right? Yeah, okay, it's total coincidence. And you, got, and you guys sound like a bunch of people who've been away from the humidity of the East Coast for too long. Oh, yeah. They're sometimes... Shorts, it's like not even an option. You have to wear shorts sometimes no, when, here. Now, when Albert, the, when you when you're on a training camp tour, shorts is acceptable. Yeah. That's totally acceptable. Yep. You know the crazy thing is you're in, you're in ninety degree heat the whole time. When I first did uh, spring training reports for Sports Center back in the the late nineties or the mid to late nineties. I showed up in a full suit, and all the baseball, regular baseball media were looking at me like, what is your malfunction? I, like, showed up. I, seriously, I showed up like Connie Mack managing a game in 1922. <laughs> and everybody was wearing shorts or really whatever. Reference. That's really what it would look like. Really good when reference. I showed up at, like, Port Charlotte, Florida, it was 100% humidity, 105 out. And I'm, like, dressed, like, in a full suit. People are like, what the hell is you know what makes it worse? What makes it worse, Rich, is you're coming from Connecticut, where that time of year it's still like, like right. 45 degrees. So it's like 10 times worse for you than it is for the people that have been there for a while. <laughs> exactly and right. Was that, was that like an ESPN mandate then? Or no, it was my first roll at it. And, and trust me, okay. it, took me, it took me two days in the spring training heat till I just show, you know brought the suit hung it up somewhere then changed into it and then a day after that I just wore the the suit jacket and there were shorts uh underneath the uh you know out well, of frame you know I got smart you, uh, I adapted I mean, you remember some of the pictures of me during the uh during the lockout right like where <laughs> I was like in the in like the the, the business district of DC which is like literally a swamp Good. And I was wearing the uppers, and then I'd have, like, seersucker shorts on underneath, and I still had, like, the sweat ring around my neck on my dress shirt. <laughs> Albert and Breer. Then, and, then, and, then, and, then, and then it was a few weeks uh, on the other side, uh, like, across the street of that law firm that was across the street from the Port Authority, where you guys had me breathing and busting. By the way, right don't there. you guys me. It wasn't me. I was the one in the studio in Los Angeles losing the remaining yeah. parts of my hair that were still hanging on for dear life in 2011, hosting NFL Total. 
total access during a lockout saying who will be the top running backs in free agency if there's a free agency we don't know if the rules are going to happen we don't know if the if the season's going to happen and you the, guys you don't understand you, oh, you probably I, remember, I, I, I you remember, remember. Albert Breer. Where were you? you were stationed at the same street corner in Washington, D.C., outside of the Players Association headquarters. Truly, like you were arrested for vagrancy, I think, at one point, yeah. right? Yeah. Pretty much? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know. Like, me and Dr. Red Shorts in the bottom. It's sitting in the here on the street corner, but that was me. I don't know if you're. It's still at the, uh, at the league office. It's my signature. I don't know if you're strolling uh, through the sunken ship right now on on Nantucket, but uh, your 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 phone's going in and out. You there, Albert? You there, Albert? I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, 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 hold on a minute. One more time. You there, Albert? I'll give you another shot. I right, put him back. Put him back on hold. I think I, I, he might be in Belichick's basement right now. I don't know. He's walking Nike the dog. I don't know what's happening. He's walking, he walking Nike. Around, uh, is he's he walking, walking around right now? Getting his George Hamilton tan on right now. <laughs> there we go. All right, let's get him back on the horn. All right. There you go. No, just, just, just hang up and try it one more time. He's walking around. Oh, is he really? Is it what's happening right now? Yeah. You're gonna give give a full play by play, Albert Breer, everybody. Sports Illustrated, Albert. You know, we're just chit chatting. Honestly, I lost all my remaining hair back in that. Oh, day. that was insane, Mike. Are you back, are you back there, Albert? You're back. Thanks. What What are you doing? Yeah. Um. You know, Target's like been run for the kids now, so they love coming to Target. So Target pulled that out like last week. So we, there's just stay r- things you're trying to do to fill up the day. Got it. Point. So stay right where you are. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. <laughs> Don't move. Just, just, just stay in that aisle wherever you are. Uh, you got it. What happened in Buffalo last week? What in the world happened with Stephon Diggs? Best you can tell. It's- I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, it's it's hard to come up with answers, you know. And I, I you know, one thing that like I have been able to ascertain is like they feel like they're in a good place now and that maybe some conversations that should have happened earlier happened um and part of it was that he wasn't around for um you know the off-season program the bulk of the off-season program but you know my you know my understanding of it like is part of it is sort of who Diggs is and um you know my read on that would be that this is a guy who's hyper competitive and who wants to win and who went through what he went through, which we all saw on national television last year. And like a lot of receivers, a lot of the best receivers, he believes the best way to win for the team is through him. And so, um, you know, I think there was some hard discussions that had to be had. And I I mean, look, like I, I can even remember when the Hopkins thing was going on in April, the bills were leery about that because they were like, well, there's only one ball and we know we have to get it to step a lot, you know? So, um, this is something I know that's been on the radar. And, and look, I don't think it makes him a bad guy. I think he's a legitimately good guy. Um, but there is this thing with receivers that we've seen for a good 25 years now that I think exists with Diggs that you have to manage that, you know, as part of his exit from Minnesota. We know about the acrimony between him and, and Kirk Cousins there. And um, I think they feel like they've got it worked out. That doesn't mean it's going to go away permanently, but – I know they feel like they've got it managed for right now. So it's a football-related issue. It's a play-calling-related I mean, issue. Like, what's the issue? And, and that's what's and that's what's hard to dig into. You know what I mean? They've been pretty tight-lipped about the whole thing. But I do think you know, 
if you want to, again, read into who Steph's been, um, a hyper-competitive, winning matters to him. I, I, you know, his relationship with Josh Allen's been really good right. over the last few years. And, I, you know, the one thing that you can point to is, you know, there was a coaching change, and they did lose Brian Dayball um, a year ago. And so there was some transition there schematically in what they do. And, um, you know, look, I think, you know, what Diggs wants is, to be in the best position to compete for a championship, you know, in 2022. And, and again, like a lot of other star receivers, the ball doesn't go your way all the time. And, you know, like this is a guy who was targeted a lot last year. And I think part of it is kind of getting on the same page philosophically. And I, I think that they, they, they do believe that they're there. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. I think I'm certainly not your first rodeo, Rich, and not mine either. Yeah. We've seen the way that, you know, eventually – um, one team's problems can become another team's problems, you know, and like the same way, you know, Terrell Owens' problems in San Francisco, those are the Niners' problems, then they became the Eagles' problems, then they became the Cowboys' problems. Um, you know, Randy Moss, the Vikings' problems became the Raiders' problems, eventually became the Patriots' problems. So um, I wouldn't say that this thing is done, done, but I do think they feel like it's got, they, they've got that managed for now. But it, it, it took all the way to the first day of mandatory minicamp? Well, to and figure this problem, out guys not yeah and that's that that's i mean that's part of the problem you know is that like you know when when you don't have a guy around for the eight weeks of the off-season program that lead into that last week well you know then did you really address it and maybe there were conversations but did you really address it face-to-face was it handled um and what sort of frame of mind did he come in in you know um if he's coming in in, in april or may well, maybe this stuff happens behind closed doors and nobody ever knows about it. But because it's during that mandatory mini camp when the media is out there and everything else, it happened in a very, very public way. Yeah, but you can, I mean, uh, I don't know. Maybe the reception's bad at his house and they weren't FaceTiming him. I mean, I mean, you know, like, uh, yeah. like uh, uh, <laughs> well, we know about uh, bad reception, <laughs> right? I mean, so that, yeah. that's the that's the head scratcher here. And then, of course, I mean, it, it, it can't be. I don't know. There was a moment where he was going at Josh Allen in that playoff loss yeah. to Cincinnati. I mean, yep. and and so I, I totally understand if if there are pl- people who are going through the all twenty two of that game to see if they can identify what was the issue there, and then extrapolate it out to what could still be the issue now. That one has to think, Albert, because again, this is not your first rodeo, nor is it mine. Yep. Um, this this couldn't have been put to bed completely where if something similar doesn't happen on the first Monday night in front of the whole country because it's going to be the ESPN opener with Aaron Rodgers as the jet opener, yeah. whole country's going to yep. watch that. I mean, how is this potentially not going to come home to roost, whatever it is? Well, and that's what and, – and, and that's the thing. You know what I mean? It's like it's a lot easier to handle it in June and manage it in June um, when you're away from the live bullets. You know, and when you don't have a camera on you and a camera on your every move. And I think that that, like, that's an astute observation by you. I hadn't thought about that, but that is true. Like, you know, like, you know, I mean, for good reason, ESPN is probably going to have a camera isolated on on, on Diggs the whole game because of this. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, you know, whatever little thing goes wrong, we're all going to see it. And I think that's probably the fallout of an event like this, you know, and, Again, like, you know, with, you know, great receivers in the past, guys like Moss and Owens, we've been through this before. We've seen it before where so much attention, um, you know, kind of gets voices on it. And then the issue kind of builds on itself and the pressure can make people crack. 
Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, clearly the Bills, that Bills team went through a lot last year, like, like apart from just this, you know, with the being displaced twice by the snowstorms. There's obviously the, you know, the tragic shooting at the, at the supermarket before the year. There's the DeMar Hamlin thing. Like, that team went through a lot last year. And so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle this one. Because I think the – I think my personal feeling is that, yeah. like, that was a more worn-out team than anyone realized at the end of the year when they lost the Bengals in the divisional round. Like, I think that team was emotionally and physically spent. And, um, you know, I think part of getting away from each other and, you know, resetting, you know, I, I sometimes things like this are part of all of that. And I think their hope would be that this is just – this this event is sort of part of all of that of resetting and, and then pointing towards 2023. Senior NFL so – that, that, that'd, that, that'd obviously be the optimistic way of looking at it. Senior NFL reporter from Sports Illustrated, the MMQB's uh, Albert Bree here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's the clock here on Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins? And those are two big team, big time names that could really improve yeah. a team's chances to win a trophy. Albert. Well, I mean, we're we're, we're getting to the point here where um, a lot of the lights are off in in, in NFL team offices. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are away on their vacations. So, um, yeah, if it doesn't happen in the next couple of days. I'd say you probably put push pause on the whole thing, and we're not going to see anything until at least the middle of July. Um, and look, like there's some strategies to that too. If you're the players, right? Um, so Hop had good visits with the Titans and the Patriots last week. Got a good relationship with Mike Vrabel. He's intrigued with the idea of playing for Bill Belichick, um, and so I think he likes those two places. But are those true contenders? And if they aren't true contenders, are they making up for that with the money? Um, I think if they were, you know, if they were getting him close to what Odell Beckham got from Baltimore he probably would have signed in one of those places. Um, so now you, if you're Hopkins and you know, the money isn't quite what you want and you, maybe you're not contending the way you want to in a New England or a Tennessee, do you wait to see if Kansas City um, gets Chris Jones signed to a mega extension, which will bring his cap number down, which could create space for the Chiefs to make another, take, take another look at you. So that's the sort of thing I think he'd be looking at. With Cook, I mean, the Dolphins and, 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 and Vikings had a trade worked out in March that fell through at sort of the last minute. And the Dolphins wanted to add, like, this explosive element that would match what they have in Waddle and Hill, a receiver, mm. in the backfield. They drafted Devin A. Chain from, from, from Texas A&M in the second round when the Cook thing fell through. And so, you know, part of this, I think, is how do they feel about A. Chain, you know, um, coming out of the break and going into camp? Um, and where does that put them as far as adding somebody? And then, you know, of course, at that position, as you know, I mean, anything can happen. You know, so I think if you're Cook, you look at it and the possibility that there's an injury, you know, the first three or four weeks of camp could spring some money loose too. I, mean, so I think that's sort of part of it. You know, it's just hoping that new suitors will emerge over the next month or so that'll change the market. And and to me, I said at the top of the show, Albert, um, that that this has reached the point. Dalvin Cook now is truly with the Vikings and and whoever uh, hires Cook um, and what Alexander Madison does with the Vikings. And if the if the Dolphins don't hire Cook and go with a second round choice and Devin A. Chain instead, the absolute laboratory moment for this position and how the league views it big time because you got a four time in four years in a row. He's run for a thousand yards, 52 Mm -hmm. touchdowns. His, his, despite his shoulder injury, his production, Dalvin cooks is undeniable. 
yep. top of the top of the food chain in the NFL at this position. And they're going to go with Alexander Madison instead. And the Dolphins are like, well, we tried to get him, but we're going to go with this kid we got in the second round. What in the hell's happening with this position in the NFL? Well, I mean, I think it's a combination of things. I think, number one, um, you have less unicorn athletes playing it, right? Like, so, like, there's, I, you know, and you can, like, look at, like, the college football recruiting rankings and see where the top high school athletes are. They're all receivers. You know what I mean? For good reason. Because I think, the, you know, the 16-year-old kid who's elite is, would look at this and say, why would I ever want to play running back? So for the best athlete 30 years ago is playing running back. That guy's playing receiver now. Um, so that's part of it, you know. And then I think the other part of it is it just becomes too easy to fill that position. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that Cook or Mixon or Chubb or any of these guys aren't great players. It's that you can get by with less. It's that you can find a suitable answer somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, so – like, look at the Chiefs. You know, they start Isaiah Pacheco, a seventh-round rookie in the Super Bowl. Look at the Eagles on the other side of the Super Bowl. They let Miles Sanders go, and they let him go. He was their starting running back, a really good player for them, despite the fact that he only got $6 million a year from the Panthers. That was the top of the running back market in free agency. So, like, I think the idea is it's just, you know, there aren't as many elite, um, like, truly unicorn-type players at the position, and there's depth it's easier to find one on the other end of it. And that sort of flattens the market out. And the last thing I'd add there is I think it's sort of the ramification of the NFL too. The Rams showed like other teams, like if you can find elite players at premium positions, you can make it work everywhere else. And so, you know, I think more teams are looking at it that way where they're saying, we need to invest in corners. We need to invest in left tackles. We need to invest in pass rushers, and obviously quarterbacks too, and receivers we can get by with a lesser off-ball linebacker. We can get by with a lesser guard. We can get by with a lesser running back. Hmm. What am I missing? What's the what's the other big story heading into the summer before I let you go the rest of your day? I, you know what? I, I, I'm, I, the one thing that I'm really, um, you know, I, I'm going to have on, on my radar from the start of the season is the two, col- two, the, the, the two quarterbacks in college. Um, I really think, Rich, that that's going to be hanging over the bottom of the standings all year. Um, and so, you know, does USC's Caleb Williams deliver um, the way I think everybody expects him to deliver in the fall? Same with uh, Drake May at North Carolina. Like, those two guys are both seen as, like, legitimate. They could be the first pick in any draft type of prospects of the position. And then you got teams with the Cardinals at the other end of it where it's just going to be interesting. And I, I think the one thing I want to put on your radar there is when we get to the trade deadline, do we see fire sales like we've never seen before? Because as you and I know, tanking is really hard in football. You know, you don't have a guaranteed contract. It's hard to tell guys not to go 100% in the sports. It just doesn't work, right? But do we see teams just aggressively offloading players that are at the bottom of the standings ahead of the trade deadline? I think it could make things really interesting going forward. And so that's one thing that's just going to be, like, just from a global standpoint on my radar over the next six months where I think, Caleb Williams and Drake make that have a material effect on the NFL season. Huh. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. And that's, I got an eye on Arizona for that, right? Depending on. Yeah, how, no question. I mean, right, that's and, the you one. Know what people, what's interesting about it too, Rich, people have criticized Arizona. Like, I don't know what people wanted Monty Austin for and Jonathan Gannon to do. I mean, that team was bad last year and it gotten old. And they've got a quarterback coming off an ACL, right? Like, did you want to hang on to A.J. Green and Rodney Hudson and 
JJ was that older court. Like, did you like, like was were you looking to build that way again? Like, the smart thing to do is to strip it down. You know what I mean? Like, so I like, I don't even know if that's tanking so much as it is like what the team like legitimately should do in this spot. You know, so I think they're going to be interesting. I mean, Washington, I, I think they've got a chance to be good, but if they aren't. Like, do we do we see change from the new owner right away? Mm-hmm. I mean, remember that new owner in Washington is the one who ran the process in, in Philadelphia with the Sixers, right? Like, so hmm. like, does he start to act on things in the middle of the year? I there are a lot of teams that are going to be interesting in that sort of way, and you know, again, like you know, it's not like those teams are devoid of good players, so it could make for some pretty interesting days leading up to the trade deadline. You're the man, Albert. Thanks for that. Oh, and by the way, you, you bring up college football. Did you see? Did you, did you see? Did you see that uh, Albert that uh, um, USC and uh, UCLA uh, both are on Michigan schedule, and you only get one the first time? Did you see that Michigan oh, Michigan that plays right? both, and Ohio State only plays UCLA. You don't play USC until their second year. Michigan gets them both in the first year. I wonder why. I wonder why. I wonder why the Big Ten decided to do that. Do you have any thoughts on that? I don't know. I don't know. Really? I mean, I've got some. I've got. I've got some television ratings that uh, really? I think could. I think could counter the point that you're trying to make. No, no. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not making a point. I'm just <laughs> the point is the point is that Michigan gets. Uh, you got to play Ohio State and uh, Michigan State and Penn State and UCLA and USC the first year that they're both there. Yeah, yeah. You got them split up. You got them split up. You got them split. I will say that. I, I will say this. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. I was rather. And and maybe that's punishment for your non-conference schedule. Oh, I don't know. I mean, really? It's possible. Really? Yeah. It's okay. Possible, possible, possible punishment for playing like the Hawaii's and the Colorado State. So yeah. Well, but yeah, yeah. You I got mean, your I, spring game. Your first game's against I, Southern Miss, and then a TBA. I wonder who TBA is going to be filled with Notre in twenty twenty four. We play, we, we play Notre Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame stopped year. playing Michigan because they ran scared. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> By the way, that's so a that's fact. That's a fact. No, that, those uh, are that's facts. Why, that, that's why Hawaii's on the schedule then? I'm well, I mean, you've got you to find people who are willing to play Michigan. <laughs> Albert? I, 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 will, I will say this. Yes. I, uh, I, was, I was upset that Penn State wasn't a, per, wasn't a permanent rival for us. I, yeah, thought, I, know. I thought that was – I thought that was – yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, it just feels like that's become a rival of ours. And you guys had two, right? Because you guys had us and Michigan State. I thought that was weird how, like, there was, like, this uneven amount of permanent rivals for each of the teams. Yeah. It just struck me as strange. Yeah, I know Penn I, I State's thought, not on the Michigan schedule either in 2024. Well, Penn, State doesn't, Penn State doesn't have any permanent rivals. Do you know that? Oh, I'm aware of that. Because they are. Weird. They are. They are. Not permanent rivals of ours. We understand that. So at least we're lockstep on that. Oh, boy. Uh, Albert, appreciate yeah. the time. Appreciate it. Go uh, go, go. work on your tan when you're not in the target. Okay. Uh, all right. Thanks, Take guys. Take care, brother. Yeah. Great Albert beer, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I found that interesting when I saw the schedule out. First thing I thought, Michigan at USC. Oh, oh baby. baby. That's going to oh. be awesome. UCLA at Michigan. Michigan at USC. First time out. I wonder why that happened. All right, we'll take a break right here on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Super Bowl, I understand, but that doesn't happen all the time, as we know. But you're getting the best game if you take the two best teams. Do you really? You're guaranteed the best. You're that, guaranteed the best game. Well, that hasn't happened through many Super Bowls in the history. Would you of the Super agree Bowl. that? Georgia and Michigan would have been a better game than Georgia and TCU. I would like to think that way, but TCU have raised their hand and beat Michigan. Right, but if we just took the two best teams, it would have been Georgia and Michigan, and that would have been a better no, game than think, what we got. I would think so. Well, you know what? It, it would be helpful if Georgia played Alabama during a regular oh, season. Well, they, play be helpful. they play when it matters. But it would be helpful if they played each other every year. They do like, play every year. No, they don't. In the SEC oh, championship. you say that every year. Do you know, when was the last time Georgia played Alabama in the regular season? I mean, I have no idea. 2020. I looked it up. Do you know the next time they play each other in the regular season? Not Maybe. next year. 2024. They should, once every four years in the regular season? Well, the problem the is, is that the SEC is going to have almost 20 teams now. Yeah, so how do they play each other? They should have to. How? How? Michigan though? plays how? Ohio how? State every year. But that's your rival. They're not rivals. They are now. Well, so we're just changing a hundred year of college football history. <laughs> Starting now, they should. Yes, it's it's obvious. It's obvious the two best programs. But it wasn't in the always, SEC, it wasn't always the case. With all due respect, Alabama was terrible. Then in it the should 80s. be. So then, you, pivot. Go ahead and pivot. You got to pivot. Well, they didn't pivot when you Mich- got your brains beat in by Ohio State for twenty years. Because it had a long-standing rivalry. Then why do you want to pivot the other direction? Would because be the two best teams in the SEC every year don't play each other. Every year, they don't. Well, Tennessee was better than Alabama this year. Okay, and they, they played Georgia it. and got smoked. You, sir, are disproving you at every I point. I am not being disproved. <laughs> yeah, doing a good job. Alabama <laughs> should play Georgia every year. They haven't played in the regular season since 2020 and won't again until 2024. That is absurd. Certainly, when other schools are playing each other, oh. schools longstanding rivals, All right. and they're not longstanding rivals. I totally agree. You're right. Now just, they are. I'm just saying. I mean, they are now because they're at the top of the the heap here. But that said, you know, beat the teams on your schedule. And now there'll be an expansion of the playoffs. This conversation will be moot. And we'll get Alabama in the playoffs. And it'll be great. And we'll see what happens.